Hi, I'm Michelle McLean. Welcome to Real Women. This is our series, Becoming Courageous in Christ, Part 2. Now, if you missed Part 1, be sure to give it a listen. You can also go to realwomenofgod.com for free outline notes with key scriptures. We need courage now more than ever, ladies. In our woke cancel culture, it's tough to be a Christ follower. Our beliefs are often challenged, and the way we live is often a distinct deviation from those around us. It takes real courage to speak what we know to be true, take a stand for what we know is right, and live in a God-honoring way, obeying Him no matter the cost. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, this message is for you. In our last message, we discussed the definition of courage and the first step in becoming courageous. It was to decide to be courageous in our minds and hearts. Now, God gave me such an opportunity years back when He gave me a vision. I was to organize and host a garage sale fundraiser for a woman I barely knew in my mom's group. She was a mother of three and was trying to do an expensive, life-saving, or life-extending lung surgery. I had this strong feeling that I was to raise $10,000. I was to collect donated items and sell them for whatever donation was even offered up. I was to get the mom's group involved in the whole process. God gave me Bible verses to speak to the women about loving and serving others. And that's kind of what he gave me. Now, I don't know about you, but I had a hundred women in the group at the time that I was a part of, and it was very, very intimidating. The last meeting was only four days away. What would I do this? How would this work? Where would it be? What date would it be? And how would I go about getting volunteers? God, why did you choose me? There were so many thoughts going through my head. In fact, in all of my questions, I did know this to be true. I had worked in sales. People did not make that much money in a garage sale. In fact, if you were trying to raise $10,000, wouldn't we be doing an epic sale, lots of advertising, and just do something grander than a garage sale? Common sense said that we would not be able to get the help we needed to pull something off that big. Anyways, I worried instantly about being ridiculed for some of this harebrained idea that I might come up with. I was concerned about getting in front of the crowd and tell them about this vision and what God was asking us to do. I was worried I might seem like I'm trying too hard for some people, or that they might think that I was out of my mind or clearly not knowing what I'm doing. I was worried I would fail and make a complete fool of myself in front of all of my friends. I was worried that I would somehow lose friends, and I knew for certain this would cost me time, talent, and treasure. I was in that, it was in that time of my life that I had to put aside my emotions of fear and anxiety. I had to ignore my insecurities, and I had to focus on the right things that the Lord was guiding me to. I decided in my heart and mind to do this for God, and I prayed and prayed and prayed. But it was time to take action. The next part of becoming courageous is to do the next obedient act. So if you have your notes, get those out. We do the next obedient act, and that really involves that venturing, persevering, and withstanding part of our definition that we talked about. It's really straightforward, ladies. The battle is in our heart and minds. But as long as we have that foundation, it does make it a little bit easier when we go to actually set out to do the action. Yes, our minds can waver. I know mine does. But sometimes it's in those moments that I have to really ground myself in our why. And it's important that we know our why. So when we do things, why do we do them? I love the words of 2 John 1, 6. It tells us love means doing what God has commanded. Colossians 3.23 is one of my very favorites. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart is working for the Lord, not for human masters. Or we could take to heart the words of Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you? 
Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. We have learned that Joshua himself was an obedient man. He faithfully meditated on the word of God. He prayed and he also obeyed the Lord. We see the first key point in this verse is to obey. So we noticed it in our notes as well. God commands our obedience. So if we're certain that our calling is from God, we need to obey. We're called to obedience to the Lord, and it's a great motivator. We also see some encouragement in that. All over the Bible, we see some of these words, be strong, or I am with you. These are powerful, life-giving messages that we can hold on to. They mean that we have a purpose in being courageous, that's obedience, but also support and resources. That support is from God in heaven. He has all the power and unlimited resources to supply for us. Maybe we are most motivated out of love or wanting to obey, or that we know that we have God's strength or remembering he's with us. Whatever the why, we must constantly be reminding ourselves of it. You might have a different why or a different verse that speaks to you, but I know for me, I just like to obey the Lord and love him with all my heart. I want to give him my best. So the next note on our outline, it's important that we remember our why. It helps us stay focused. Now, Christ's followers often lean heavily on the truth of Philippians 4.13. I am able to do all things through him who gives me strength. With Christ, we can venture out or do that big task, make a career move or go on that mission trip, or in my case, do that fundraiser. With Christ, we can persevere with a marriage on the rocks, deal with financial hardships, or hang in there when our family is telling us something's not for us and we know it is. With Christ, we can withstand the cultural and political changes and stand firmly in our biblically held beliefs. We can withstand relationship turmoil or a friend walking away from us. We can do these things if we keep our why front and center. When I was set out to obey the Lord and host that fundraiser for the woman that I barely knew, I had to remember my why. I had to remember that God gave me a command to obey. I had to decide in my mind and heart to be courageous and overcome the worries about being ridiculed, rejected, or just failing altogether. I had to pray a lot. When it was time, I got in front of that large group of women and proceeded to share what God had asked me to do. I took what God had given me, his vision, his strength, the gifts that he gave me, and I gathered up all kinds of helpful contact information. That way I was able to find what volunteers could possibly help when the time came. Who could donate items and who might store them? Maybe people that can have trucks that can help us bring those items in the day of. I had to pray, and I tell you, I prayed so much. And as I get, did, God began to slowly unravel more and more of his plan. He gave me resources. Volunteers started to step forward. And we donations started to come in. We secured a large Christian school parking lot to host the event, and the date was set. We had loads of donations, clothing, decor, toys, appliances, furniture, and so much more. New women who had never served before started stepping forward. God's plan was coming into action. But as it started to happen, trouble arrived. And usually, that's what happens when we step out in faith. That brings me to my third point. Deal with adversity in a God-honoring way. Now, this involves danger, fear, and difficulty, that part of our definition that we had talked about. Yes, trouble arrived, as it usually does when we step out in faith. I had the distractions and discouragement that obedience to God can bring. I was presented with some of those easy way out choices, 
that would have made my life so much easier. They were tempting, exciting, and seemingly would have made things so much better and fun. I had to decide that those choices were not right, though, because it's not what God had directed me to do. I had to deal with the adversity that came when I had to turn some people down. I prayed for guidance and how to handle the conversations and choices. But unfortunately, in the process, I lost a really good friend. I'm not going to tell you a story of anything that's less than 100% true. Being courageous is hard, as you know. Obeying the Lord is hard. It's uncomfortable, and it takes sacrifice. When we venture, persevere, and withstand the danger, fear, or difficulty, Satan wants to trip us up. He wants us to feel fearful, confused, angry, or discouraged. He wants us tripped up and falling down on the ground. He wants our minds cluttered with worries of failure, fears, and rejection, or even overwhelmed with too many choices. He wants us paralyzed, so we're too fearful to step out in faith. Those things are not of God. And I had to remember that in my trials. I remember the words of 2 Timothy 1.7. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but makes us power, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. I needed to remember that this garage sale was in God's hands. God is our source of love. He is love. He is powerful. I could be disciplined because God put his spirit inside of me and I was commanded to obey. God will not give us a task and then just let us go without help. So in your notes, you'll notice, if God calls us into something, he will be with us and will strengthen us in our obedience. Isaiah 41.10 reminds us in saying, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold on to you with my righteous right hand. I love those words. God is with us. He will supply us strength. As long as we step out in faith, he's there to help us. I continued to pray as this garage sale approached, and I prayed like I had never prayed before. I knew that God called me into this experience because I didn't have the knowledge or the experience or even the connections that a leader of our group might have had. It was against everything that I thought was logical or common sense, and it was so very uncomfortable. I knew for certain that God was calling me to do this. The day approached. And it was a hot July day. The volunteers showed up in many truckloads of donated clothes, toys, appliances, home decor, furniture, and, well, a little bit of trash all started showing up. We had some advertising people to help. There was a woman that was taking cash and credit cards for donations. And the woman that we were raising the money for, her and her family came to help. Her husband was there. It was such an unbelievable day. We started to see shoppers show up, but as the day wore on, it was clear that we would never see a steady stream of shoppers. We had plenty of people and lots of things to sell. The parking lot was large and there was a lot of places to park. Finally, someone said, well, why don't you go up to the grocery store and pass out flyers to attract more shoppers? So we did that and that helped us a little bit. But as the day came to the close, feelings of failure and strong disappointment set in. I asked the total that we got, and shockingly, we were able to raise $2,700 for our friend that day. It was amazing. But really, in that moment, I couldn't rejoice. I felt failure. I felt that I let all those volunteers down. That I would be ridiculed, rejected, and just hated because people had spent so much of their time, energy, and resources. I felt that we were wasting that woman's time. And really, in that moment, ladies, I had lost sight of my why. I had lost sight of the reason for what I was doing. That's why it's so important to remember our why. 
If we do things out of love, the command of obedience or the empowerment of Christ behind us, we can rest in that and let the rest go. In our hearts and minds, we can decide to be courageous. We can step out in faith and obey. And we can also deal with that adversity. But we must realize that's what we're responsible for. And that's kind of the end of it. We do bring honor to God when we call upon him for help. And you'll see that in your notes. We need to call upon God for help because it shows that we depend on him, that we have faith in him, and that he's responsible for the results. And so that brings me to the last point. The Merriam-Webster definition of courage does not include God, but as Christ followers, we know God is responsible. We know that God is involved in every single part of courage when we invite him into it. So number four, delegate the results to God. This involves a hope and faith that only believers have when we step out in courage to obey. See, we're responsible for our mind and heart, which is our attitude and decision-making place. We're responsible for the venturing out and obeying, no matter the cost. We are also responsible for dealing with the trials. But God, he is responsible for the results. We have to rest in that and let God handle it. We can actually have peace When we let go of the results and hand them over to God. My new friend approached me at the end of the day when she saw me crying. I was drowning in those feelings of failure and just completely exhausted after a long hot day. She asked me what was wrong and I told her that I felt that God had asked me to raise $10,000. And honestly, it felt a little silly saying that. But it was in that moment she leaned in close and whispered, Michelle, we've got the money. Someone came to the sale today and anonymously donated the rest of the funds that we need. I'm scheduling my surgery for Monday morning. We got the $10,000. Every time I think about what happened that day, ladies, I think about the awesomeness, the goodness, the sovereignty, and the immense love of God. The results are on God because every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, as James 1.17 tells us. Looking back, I knew God called me into doing that fundraiser so he could demonstrate to me his wondrous power over everything I thought I knew or ever thought I was capable of. I could not have done the sale on my own. Everything that happened, it did not happen because of my intelligence, abilities, or power. Raising $10,000 at a garage sale did fly in the face of logic. But it was God's working. He can do anything. He stirred the heart of this one follower who stepped out in courage. But he also stirred the hearts of volunteers. People who donated, people who donated the space in their house to store those items until their garage sale. He stirred the hearts of those people who had the trucks who drove, and some of those people volunteered for up to 12 hours a day. He stirred the heart of that precious anonymous donor, the school who donated the space and the tables to help, the people who advertised and created signage. There's so many people who poured into this day, and it was so amazing to see God's work and his people coming together to do something. I love the words of Proverbs 3.5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. We can lean into that trust that we have in the Lord because we are limited in our intelligence, abilities, and powers. And if we think in terms of limits and what we believe is possible, we risk not demonstrating our faith and trust in God. God can do so much more. We are responsible to decide in our hearts and minds to be courageous to do the next obedient act, to deal with the inevitable adversity. But we are to leave the rest to God. Have peace. God is sovereign. He decides the results. So if we put God in our courage definition, courage means 
decide in your heart and mind to obey your call in any circumstance. Rely on God to handle the results, strengthen you, strengthening you in every step of the way. Ladies, this call to be courageous is for every single Christ follower. No matter your age or stage of life, no matter the circumstances you're encountering, God is capable of anything. Now, if I can pray for you in any way in developing more courage, check out realwomenofgod.com and message me. Like and share the videos that are available. Follow me on social media and subscribe to my email list for more podcasts and devotionals. In the meantime, read your Bible, ladies. It's the best source of truth in our world. Take care of yourselves, and I look forward to catching up again soon. Bye-bye.